0: this is the transformation church weekly follow-up podcast i am justin oswald you can find me on twitter and instagram at justin oswald underscore proceed with caution got a guest today karen swan hello karen hey karen is our um small groups and student coordinator here at tc she's she's filling in substituting pastor brad is still out of town uh, we had a, an awesome Father's Day Sunday. Um, we had a guest speaker, our good friend, Pastor Tyler Burns, who is uh, the associate pastor of New Dimensions Christian Center here in Pensacola. He was going to be here with us today, but he had to make a trip out of town une- unexpectedly. So uh, he's not here, but uh, Karen is. And Karen and Tyler are almost the same person. Very similar. <laughs> We're so similar. <laughs> yeah, very similar, at least uh, that they, they both love Jesus. So, um, yeah. Hello. Hey. It's our first time on the podcast. Are you excited?
1: I am excited. I'm a little nervous, but it's okay.
0: Why are you nervous?
1: Well, you know, no, there's no need to be nervous, right? So I guess There so. is no
0: need. Yeah. She took her earrings out. Yeah. I see that. They're in, on the table. So is that because of the headphones?
1: Yeah, they were in the way.
0: Oh, awesome. So did you enjoy <laughs> Sunday?
1: I did. It was a great day to be in the house. I thought Tyler did a phenomenal job, super, um, thankful that he was able to come out and I really enjoyed everything he had to say. They're an awesome couple.
0: Yeah. Tyler's incredible. He's, um, he's very smart. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's, um, he's learned. He's a learned guy. He reads a lot. Um, I had lunch with him and his wife, uh, after church and, uh, their new baby and he's just, he's really smart and he's all over the place too. He's cool because he's like on a lot of podcasts and you know, he's, he's he's somebody right now so it was cool we got to have him yeah he's real smart he's um i love tyler he's incredible i think he's a a a great asset to the church here in pensacola as a whole the christian community here and uh, it was just great to have him so he preached a powerful message um on father's day and he was we were continuing the flip the script this was part three of flip the script and he was preaching on the context of weakness is the way of Jesus. And I just thought it was very fitting. And he talked about how he talked about even in the message, how it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny with the occasion of father's day, we're supposed to be celebrating, you know, masculinity. Yet his whole message is about, you know, the weakness is the way of Jesus. And, uh, which was kind of, kind of funny, you know, as guys we're always taught, you know, to not show, emotion or to you know be strong be a man and all these things and i just find that very funny because because it's right and i don't necessarily think he's right in what he was saying addressing the occasion i don't think it's right that we're we're brought up that way uh as men a lot of times um and it was interesting and i think we've said this on the podcast before and a conversation me and, and brad were having but um i the, the whole idea of kids not crying boys not crying and teaching boys that you know, don't cry is very interesting because the the research shows that like when you hurt yourself and you cry, your tears are like 95% water or something. But when you cry from emotion, there's uh, stress hormones in your tears. So when we teach boys not to cry, we're literally teaching them to hold that in. That's like literal implosion in a sense. So crying just relieves uh, a lot of stress, but we teach boys that it's not manly and be tough and all that. Um, but he was talking about just the fittingness of this sermon going with uh, the fittingness. Is that a word?
1: I, th- I think so. maybe not. yeah, probably I probably am wrong. But yeah, I like that Tyler made that point, too. And he said, you know, it might seem weird to some people to talk about this topic of weakness being the way um on Father's Day, but he made the point actually that this is there's no better day to talk about this that you made a point that it it is such a big thing in our society that we don't. You know, we teach boys you can't show emotion, you can't cry, so what better day to talk about this than Father's Day?
0: Yeah, and then he mentioned the, you know, that not, not all strength is bad strength in a sense. You know, he made the joke about, like, carrying your grocery bags in when you have tons of grocery bags, and I, I do this, too. I did it the other day. I don't do a lot of grocery shopping, but when I do sh- grocery shop, all the bags are coming in on one trip.
1: Right. You usually get your groceries delivered, right?
0: I do. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I you're saying that judging me like I no 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 uh, judgment. Yeah, so uh, I try to get them delivered because um, why not? It exists. Right. The service exists. I intend to use it, and I hate going to the grocery store. I don't know how to grocery shop well. Um, it takes me forever. I even make a list, but it doesn't work. I'm in there for a long time when I go like way longer than anyone should be in a grocery store. And then I see things that I didn't put on the list that I thought, I sh- oh, this should have been on the list because it looks good. Then I buy more stuff that I needed and then I throw half of it away because I'm never home and I don't eat it. No, just-
1: so you're saying that grocery shopping is a weakness of yours?
0: Uh, no, I'm saying uh, <laughs> self-control is a weakness of mine
1: because oh. um,
0: I really love Publix, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I hate grocery shopping. It's the worst. So um, yeah, I, I have mine delivered, of course. there has got these services now. You just like, it's an app you put in the thing and there's like a $6 service fee or something like for yeah. six bucks to save me going to, like all day.
1: Yeah. I haven't used it yet, but I thought about using it the other day.
0: It's even better than the Walmart pickup. Like I don't have to leave my house at all.
1: Right, right.
0: So uh, br- brilliant. But yes, when I do, so I forgot about this app and I went to the store the other day and, and I, I grocery shopped. Um, I'm looking at you like you're part of the show too. We got someone else sitting in the room with us. Um, But I I went to the grocery store other day and I brought all the bags in. I had them all on my arm, like I was getting in. Because then you still have to unlock the front door and all these things. So, um, but he he made the joke about that. And then what was the other one? He he Tyler joked about. Oh, uh, Taken, the movie Taken. You know, like if you take my daughter, like I got the speech memorized and like I will find you and I will kill you. Yeah, you know, (laughs) Um, that's funny. You know, it's not it's not to be. uh, It doesn't make us passive necessarily. Uh, or something like that but um, you know he got into talking about our strength is ultimately what he's talking about like our strength that we have it all together right and that's man that's fitting for us as christians in the world we're in today which he brought into the kind of the first point it comes to self-righteousness is ultimately what that what that's talking about um so we're going to walk through uh the some of the notes that pastor uh tyler had from sunday just kind of walk through this sermon a little bit for everybody that's listening um, that joins us every week. So um, weakness the, that he's talking about is is humility. When Jesus came to earth, what was so peculiar about his ministry and his message is that he literally flipped the script. He came to express a different uh, kingdom way of doing things. And then um, the, the flip the script character each, each week we've had a character out of the Bible that they have been, uh, the preacher has been communicating and uh, his was Paul. Tyler's was Paul. And he talks about you know the history of Paul, how Paul was, you know, a persecutor of Christians. Um, and then just really was, he, he wasn't a true believer. He had, he thought he was doing God's work and, uh, but he had no power, you know, and he had this incredible moment um, on Damascus road where Jesus appeared to him, you know, it's like, why are you persecuting me? And um, I'm going to, I'm going to read the scripture that he had there in, in Philippians three, four through seven, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh I have more circumcised circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrew as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever I gain, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And what, what Tyler was communicating is like, he's giving, when he, when Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians, he's like giving his resume, you Mm -hmm. know, he's, he's telling him who he is. Like, whatever confidence you have, I, I have more in myself. Right. Like the Tyler mentioned the Hebrew of Hebrews. Like I'm, I'm the all star. I'm the all star Hebrew. Um, and just kind of t- telling him who he is. But then at the end it's like, but whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Right. And, and I like that Jesus is the only one who is truly strong. So then it kind of brings us into some, into some points, you know, point number one, strength is not a kingdom requirement and like man that alone i think it's freeing for us as believers right you know it's like we don't have to have it all together um i don't have to be i don't have to be strong i don't have to be able to do it within myself um and i just think that's not only encouraging it's freeing right you know what i mean
1: oh for sure i couldn't agree more
0: let's um what was that scripture? 1 Corinthians 1, 25 and 26. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. You know, and like Tyler said, you know, there's hyperbole in this scripture. Obviously, God's not foolish and God's not weak. You know, mm-hmm. we don't believe that. But he's saying that even I, when he said this, y'all remember Judge Judy? yeah remember judge judy right of course judge judy i i love judge judy because <laughs> um she was kind of you know i don't like women like that oh like she's like l- what like her okay um i shouldn't say women don't yeah, send don't, emails don't. <laughs> I, I don't like people like that but i love her show um because at the end of the day i think it's just she's to the point like the the d in my personality as a, as a My disc personality, like she's to the point, she's bottom line. Like she asks a question, like don't they always go into this long story? Like don't give me that crap. Like I asked for, give me the answer to the question I'm asking. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like that. Uh, but you know, she wrote a book. Judge Judy wrote a book that is called "Don't Pee on My Leg and Tell Me It's Raining." That's almost irrelevant to my point, but I love the title (laughs) of the book. But she has this saying that she says on her show is like. On your best day you're not as good as me on my worst day wow it's very condescending yeah. but I kind of like that as a judge she, like yeah, putting people in their place mm-hmm. um so I, i'm I'm down with that but that's almost like the hyperbole that that Paul's using in this letter to the corinthians is like even on God's worst day even on God's weakest day he's stronger than you are on your best day you know right. and I just kind of I kind of like that how he how he uses the hyperbole to get the message across to people. Um so I kind of find that I find that interesting. And then and then verse 25 again, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Paul uses a little bit of of like I said the hyperbole there and I I find that effective at least for people like me. I I picked that up in the in the letter, you know, right. in the scripture. Um and it like I said, I almost laughed to myself in church cuz I instantly thought of Judge Judy. I was like like if I was preaching that, I would have used Judge Judy <laughs> as a as a as a thing there because everybody remembers Judy. You know, Judge Judy is the highest paid woman on TV.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, and she only works like the, like it's crazy. It's crazy. Wow, that's that's true. That that's true. Do you know any uh, off topic facts that we can go with? What do you mean? Well, I just gave a, a trivia, like a tidbit of information that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But it's, <laughs> oh, you know.
1: well, no, I don't. I mean, I don't have anything like that off the top of my head. But I was just thinking, you know. you were saying that it is so freeing that we don't have to rely on our own strength that we do get depend on um, the Lord's, because I think that is a big reason why we see so many people put on, uh, you know, we'll talk about people putting on masks when they're in church and feeling like they have to be perfect and, um, you know, just put up this facade of of what they want people to see that's not real and it's, it's, you know, ultimately fake. And I think that's because people are trying to show other people that they're strong. They don't want people um, to think that they're weak. I know I have several friends and have met people that really have a hard time showing people and even talking about what they're going through and, and, you know, showing emotion in front of people and crying and this and that. And it's because we just think we have to be so strong and that's that's not the case. Um, And I think when we're like that, it can turn on us and we become prideful because we're like, Oh, I'm so strong and relying on myself. And then, you know, as we talk about later in the, the problem with pride and, and what the Lord thinks about the prideful and, you know, we just have to always rely on him.
0: Yeah. And not even so much like that's all, that's all for real, but not even like, how many times do we know that people are going through stuff because maybe they post about it on Facebook, but then it's like, you see them even at church, like, how are you doing? Like, Oh, I'm good. Right. Like, nah, like last night you were not good according to Facebook. Right. So either you're, you know, you're baiting us and you just need someone to like, they're there on mm-hmm. your patch you on the back or you're not good. And it's like, you know, that's, I guess that's human nature a little right. bit. You just always say I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, who, ha- who isn't guilty of doing that? But, um, yeah, it's always trying to put, put on airs almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but with this letter to the Corinthians with Paul, you know, it's like uh, Tyler said, this is important because sometimes we need to remind ourselves that we're not going to outdo God being God. And I, I really like that, you know, that God is like, we're not going to demote the divine, mm-hmm. you know, that was what he, he put in his notes is, which I like that. Like demote the, the I like little words like that stuff. I can right. uh, remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then, you know, going back to the scripture, 1 Corinthians 126, when Paul's writing, he continues, it says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Paul is literally like smack talking these dudes from Corinthians you know um
1: like you are not anything <laughs> <Sit> like <down. laughs> y'all
0: aren't smart you you're not powerful none of you are noble but like he's really smack talking these dudes um you know and then the the question like becomes he asked dads you know being father's day like you ever had to put your kid in your place you mm-hmm. kids start trying to act like an adult and um I, I remember that i you know i talk we've talked me and brad i think me and me and brad on the podcast have similar backgrounds when it comes to parenting um i was perfectly parented i believe i believe so i didn't like get out of place much because i knew my place right Uh, from a loving way though not and i don't mean like i knew my place and my parents were always like bringing smack down on us but um if we got out of line they did from a young age that i never had to i never tested that you Mm -hmm. know um but i i know plenty of people that have friends and stuff is like i would go hear friends the way they talk to their parents sometimes and i'm like That's how you talk to your mom, that's how you talk to your dad. That's what I'd be thinking, you know. And it's like, right? I would be dead, like literally dead, literally dead.
1: Well, I never really got punished because my parents said that I I was an angel. So that is this for real? Oh yeah, my mom. Like I remember getting one. My mom and dad did spank. You know, I have two older sisters. They did spank them. They didn't spank me, except for one time. I remember I was begging my mom for something in the grocery store. She wouldn't buy it for me. I wouldn't stop asking, so she gave me a little, you know, a little pat on the butt. But other—that's literally the only time I remember a little pat. Mm-hmm.
0: And you even called it a spanking.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, no, yeah. we got
0: whips, bro. We <laughs> well, got whippings. I was
1: good, so I, you know, apparently I didn't need them.
0: I didn't get them a lot, but we got. Yeah. See, we used to have the talk in the car mm, at yeah. the store before we went in the store. Yeah you know don't
1: ask me for nothing don't ask
0: for nothing don't touch nothing don't Don't even look look at nothing nothing. (laughs) you know i'll let you push the buggy but if you hit my heels with them with the buggy you're out like it'd be death i'll kill you in the store in front of everybody (laughs) i would literally kill you we were scared yeah but we had to be yeah because i you know uh, but here's the funny thing about that let me get serious for a second (laughs) a five-year-old is supposed to want skittles oh yeah you know what I mean? Of course, they're a kid. Just keep the dang Skittles.
1: Yeah, every once in a while. I wouldn't get up every time, but, you know, that's just me. I
0: bet you got yeah, <laughs> the perfect angel. And that's that what they That makes a lot of sense. That's what they say. That's why we have so much trouble with you now, even as a staff member. Oh. You so, the, the the millennial stereotype of entitlement. Oh. It's, yeah, it's your parents' fault. Hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, guys.
1: No, Gary and Debbie, I love them. They're the best. Are they going to listen to this? Uh, probably, if I tell them I'm on it.
0: Oh, we're just kidding, Gary. What's her mom's name?
1: Debbie. Debbie.
0: We're just kidding. Good <laughs> <Love> job. <you. laughs> good job. Parenting. <laughs> no, not for real. But but no, that that's good because maybe you were 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 a great kid and you didn't need that. But some well, kids check. You know, some kids need to be checked.
1: Well, the truth is, my sister, my older sister, Christy, apparently was very was not obedient in any form of the word. So, Christy got just in trouble multiple times every day, and she's four years older than me. Four and a half actually. So I watched her growing up and I learned everything not to do because I didn't want to get in trouble. So really oh, yeah, that's, that's good. what it was. Yeah,
0: that's good. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go into some more points. It says in a in a culture obsessed with expression of strength and leaning on strength, let me remind you of something that one strength is often an optical illusion. First, I the way he set that up, you know, in our culture of having to be strong and and I think you see that in, the, in a culture, too, where you have like less dads, where moms have to be like single mom and play dad. You know, right. they have to constantly be strong. They have to constantly almost build walls up to protect themselves uh, emotionally. You see that with a lot of people. Um, but this whole idea of, of expressing strength and showing strength. But point number one, strength is often an optical illusion. Sometimes what you think you're seeing is not what you're actually seeing. And Tyler gave the uh, the pretty funny uh, illustration of lifting weights in high school with the big weights that looked like 45s but were 10s. Mm-hmm. And they didn't tell him. And he thought he was doing something until the next time they go in and they put the 45s on and he couldn't even lift the thing up. Right. And, and he's freaking out. Um, Like, that's funny, you know, but it, it was an optical illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought he was banging them was a bench pressing out? I don't lift weights or whatever. But, um, <laughs> he thought he was banging them out, you know, with yeah, you know, forty pounds on there or whatever. Till the next day when those 10s were replaced with forty fives, then uh, I bet everybody was laughing. Not so tough, oh yeah, I bet sure. everybody was laughing.
1: And he said he was a freshman, one of the youngest ones oh, on the God team. God. Can't you just see it? Just all yeah. those guys around. Poor
0: little guy, because he ain't a he ain't a big dude. Tyler's not. I mean, he's taller than me, but that ain't hard to do. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm a perfect 5'7". Perfect. 5'7 is the perfect height. Sure. So saith God when he created me. So
1: saith Justin Oswald. Uh,
0: Perfect height 5'7". I'm a little guy. It's okay. We're moving on.
1: (laughs) No, but I thought that was an excellent analogy of just showing that, you know, when that happened, when they put those 10s on there that, you know, and he was lifting just a small amount of weight, but thought he was lifting a lot. He got confident real quick. And then when they put that 45 on there it yeah. just bumped him back down.
0: And it was in front of everybody, right? which is a is a you know your confidence and then and then the then the truth bring, it humbles you fast. Right. You know. Right. Even though you didn't want to be humbled because mm-hmm. everybody's laughing.
1: And then he started talking about how, you know, that God might do that sometimes like, "Okay, you think you are going to be strong by yourself? I'm going to put all this on you and see how it goes." You know, that's what Tyler was saying that Sometimes it might be like that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So the pitfall of an obsession with strength is that it draws attention to us. Strength draws attention to us. Right. Um, It's designed by nature to draw attention to the one who expresses it. It shifts the focus onto us. That's why if we're not careful, strength and pride can become carnal cousins. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a powerful statement. Strength and pride being carnal cousins. Um, James 4, 6. But he gives more grace therefore it says god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble Mm -hmm. um man and pride you know pride's funny because there's it's like pride's something i've always struggled with from from being proud uh, especially when i think it's easy it's easy to do when you have tendencies to be um if you have giftings right and then you're good at like maybe you're good at your job Mm -hmm. right and you're killing it whatever you know but it's hard, especially in the environment we live in with culture. It's like the the ones who succeed are the ones who are, you know, we'll use the word confident, but, you know, a lot of times it can come across as cocky. And, you know, I, I always kind of struggle with pride and a bit of an ego. And then you get into ministry and that doesn't just go away. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't just disappear. So you have to really work on that. And I think when you take I think when you look at a lot of pastors, especially I'm not a senior pastor, but like senior pastors are people that have a platform uh, are people that they lead and people that if you're if if you lead people people are following you mm-hmm. you know that's something that constantly have to keep in check right um because it's so easy but that strength creates it creates pride because it draws attention mm-hmm. right and um man who doesn't like that right I it's mean, some it's a slippery
1: that. slope and you know like Tyler mentioned on Sunday it's it's seductive being strong is the seductive thing of the enemy that you that you want because it gives you the attention that you so desire but it really is a, a slippery slope and even if like you were saying even if you are good at your job or you're naturally talented you have to remember that that's not from you either like we think like oh i'm naturally good at this or good at that like no, like you are, yeah, you might be naturally good at that because God gave you that natural that's ability right. and all the glory still goes back to him no matter what.
0: That's right. Strength also puts all the confidence in ourselves going back kind of that same, you know, line of thinking. If you lean on your own strength, your your weight rests on you. But, mm-hmm. you know, that that's how I used to think with even in my job when I was in sales, even at a young age is like everything I touched turned to gold. So I just thought I was, I thought it was fantastic. Like I thought I was in, invincible when it come to my job. And you know, by looking back, I mean, I, I was, things were great, but I really wasn't much of a believer then, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I never once thought that, you know, this isn't me that had these abilities or the ability that the, whatever was in me that made me good at sales wasn't so much sales. It was relationships and being able to talk to people and things that I think have, um, then that have helped me be in ministry. You know what I mean? Those, those same type of, uh, skill sets, but you know, I put it was all the confidence was in myself. Right. You know, and I think you see that we we had the same conversation. I think it was when Aaron James was here just two weeks ago, you know, talking about p- preachers that are good preachers, mm-hmm. you know, like the s- preaching public speaking is a skill. Yeah, sure. You know, so um, I think when you when you talk from, a, from as a pastor or someone who's going to be preaching, not only do you have to put together a good message. And when I say put together, obviously God gives you the message, but I think some people can put that into better thought that they can communicate better than others. Like mm-hmm. we've all heard preachers that are better than other preachers. Right. Um, and some just know how to put it together. Um, and at some point, some, some people are just really great preachers. But right. at, at what point do people not know that? Like if you're such a good communicator and you stop spending time with God and you stop doing all that. You know, you got to keep that in check because you could be preaching awesome sermons that God's not involved in. Right. You're relying on your talent, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I do think that I think you should work on that. I think I think pastors or preachers uh, should. That's their craft. I think they should always strive to be better at communicating because they're communicating a message that everyone needs to hear. Right. So I think that people should work on their craft, you know, that some some guys like watch videos of themselves preaching and try to get rid of the nervous little tics that people do or. You know, do you say, um, and, uh, every other word or whatever to get better? Because I, I believe you can have the best message in the world, but if you can't communicate it properly, it's worthless. Right. So I think, but at some point you can't just rely solely on talent. You still got to get like, you know, wor- a word from God on some level. Yeah. You know, it's You got to be, you got to be hearing from, from God, at least, at least the the concept. And I think, you know, like with, with our, in our context at our church, Brad, you know, he plans out a lot of our stuff ahead of time, at least the series of what God wants, you know, like we're in flip the script and then, um, you know, what's, what are we trying to communicate in flip the script, you know? Um, but you get a good communicator. It's just like all your confidence becomes in yourself. Right. You know, right. You got to let the spirit, I think, lead. And that's, that That can be harder for other, for some than for others, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just never, and we talk about a lot here. Don't forget your Why? I think, you know, you can get so wrapped up, you know, you start off and okay, let's just go with your, your example of preaching and and honing your craft. If you're a pastor or a preacher, you know, don't forget your why, why you started out. Yeah, you can, you can fine tune and get better and better, but don't get caught up in your strength of communicating that you forget the whole reason why you started is communicate the gospel. Well, don't forget to, to consult and invite in the Holy Spirit to help you do that. Because if you don't, then that's a perfect example of relying on our own strength and you're not going to be effective for the very reason that you started out.
0: Exactly. Um, next point was weakness is the foundation of God's kingdom, which is, which is an interesting thought. Um, in, in the scripture we've been in first Corinthians one, 27 to 28, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, you know, it's like he when he had the scripture up on the screen when he was preaching, like the word chose being highlighted, like God Mm -hmm. chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise and what is weak to, to shame the strong. Like that's a foundation of God's kingdom is. Because it all points to God, like if it's if it's all within us, then God gets no glory,
1: right, right, and that's one of the things that Tyler said. he said, "You know, let's not forget God didn't pick you because you were awesome, right, God picked you, He chose you solely out of grace, right, um,
0: and like you are awesome, but he didn't pick you because you're awesome, right, exactly In fact, if you're awesome because he made you awesome,
1: exactly, so many Christians, I think can get that confused of oh, I'm not awesome, I not you you." You know, they're trying to be humble and I get it, you know, oh, like I'm nothing, I'm nothing. And yes, I get what you're saying, but God didn't choose you because you're awesome. And exactly like you said, I couldn't agree more. You are awesome. You know, you are valuable. You have worth. Um, But that's, again, all because of him. It's all about reflecting back on him.
0: Totally. Uh, I lost my place. Okay. weakness. The next point. Weakness is kingdom currency. Mm -hmm. Weakness is kingdom currency. Self-righteousness is counterfeit currency in God's economy. Uh, And I kind of like this little bit of a illustration with using the uh, kingdom currency. The only way you get to understand God on a deeper level is through weakness. Um, And that's powerful. You know, Abraham had infertility. Joseph faced slavery in prison. Moses ran. Jesus went to a cross. You know, um, weakness reflects attention back to its proper source. Right. You know, that's why I'm not a I'll say this and I don't mean this to be offensive to anyone. Um, I feel like maybe I can say it and not come across offensive because I grew up Catholic. So I'm not trying to, you know, demean Catholicism. That's why I don't like crucifixes, you know, Jesus on a cross, like the crucifix. Um, because every time you see a crucifix, it's like Jesus at his weakest moment in a sense. Like he went to the cross for our sins and to save us. Yes. But it's like, man, he surely isn't on that cross anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And that's why I don't like them. Like, right. Uh, having a cross is one thing and you know and i understand they have it to show representation of what he did mm-hmm. but that's not who he is that's who he was right you know and there was an old song that i know i can't think of the song but it's like the whole you know he he's not a baby in a manger anymore anymore he's not a broken man on a cross right you know? he didn't stay in the grave you know what i mean that there's a song um and yeah it's not him like the whole the cross couldn't hold him what's that old um y'all seen that video it's an old sermon and uh, there was a video at, uh, like going around Facebook, and it's like the word. What are the word videos where like it's just words pop up on the screen and different mm-hmm. designs And it was that old scripture, and it talks about who Jesus like Jesus is. Like that's my king. That that's my king video. He, have y'all ever seen that? You no, don't I don't think up? no. But it's kind of it kind of reminds me of that. It's like the cross couldn't hold him, the grave couldn't handle him, all these things. So it's like when I see a crucifix, it's like that ain't who Jesus is, right? You know, he came off the cross. Like mm-hmm. he, it could, The cross is a is a is a death tool. From mm-hmm. the you know the the Roman state you know it's like for criminals like that's not who he, that's not what he is he's not broken and dead and beaten hanging on a cross anymore he came he came off of that right um, I don't know how I got on that little tangent but <laughs> um, but we're talking about you know weakness reflects attention back to God where the, the proper source um you were not called to receive what God alone is worthy of uh, I tweeted that when he said that Sunday in the service um, you know we are not called to receive what god alone was worthy of meaning glory like um and it's so it's so strange like anytime i've ever preached or something and people come up after and they're like great great message great message it's it's one of those things you don't know what to do right like do you say you know thank you and one time someone told me is like just just kind of give that back to god like say praise the lord praise god you know amen because maybe it was a great sermon but you don't want to take the the credit for that right because god did it but um, it's one of those things it's like because because i'm not going back to the quote like i'm not worthy to receive what what is is for god alone which is glory <clears throat> excuse me um you know you've reached spiritual maturity when you don't have to exaggerate how strong you are
1: uh, i love that point
0: that's good yes because how many times do we stretch the truth or sh- exaggerate right um and that's 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 really good
1: I think that's uh, you know we were talking about freedom earlier I think that that is so freeing that you don't have to exaggerate you don't have to you know boast in yourself or try to prove to people what you are just give all the glory you're you have to operate in weakness the Bible teaches that you know it is so freeing
0: what the and the the example he used in the, in the Bible for making that point is John the Baptist, you know, in the book of John chapter one, verses 19 through 23, you know, talking about John the Baptist and at the, you know, the very last scripture is, is, you know, they ask, who do you say, what do you say about yourself? That's what they asked John the Baptist. And he said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said, you know, it's like, he didn't have to. he could have exaggerated his, his worth. He could have exaggerated his position. Um, but he didn't, you mm-hmm. know, he just, he put it all back to, and then, you know, there's other, there's other scripture about John the Baptist talking about, you know, I'm not worthy to, you know, even latches, sandals right. and stuff, you know, it's like, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, self-aware. right? Um, yeah. Next point was uh weakness puts all our faith in God. <clears throat> Second Corinthians twelve nine through 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's a good scripture.
1: Oh, yeah. I love I wrote this down. I was listening to the sermon again today. Just it was so good. And. Um, I wrote this down. It said he Tyler said strength puts all the confidence in ourselves and tells God we don't need his help. And I was like, wow. See, that's that's one of those things where um, being strong and, and strength can be s- such a seductive thing that you want. and You want this attention and glory. But in reality, you're telling God you don't need his help. And I never want to be in that place. No,
0: it's not a good. It's not a good spot to be in. Right. Not going to so, work out well.
1: Right. So being on the flip side being weak and how Tyler said it, you know, weakness puts all of our faith in God. It's, it's exactly where we want to be, where we want to live, how we want to do ministry. Is just saying, God, I need you every day, every moment, every minute, please be with me. I can't do this without you.
0: Well, it's like, uh, <clears throat> because the last part of that scripture in second Corinthians 12 is, is f- for when I am weak, then I am strong. Right. So we're really not, it's one of those things like, I, I don't know who said this or where I got this from, but I always remember, I think I heard it in a sermon uh, one point years ago, but it was like, you know being a christian the is the the only the only time where surrendering means victory like every other anything when you talk about especially using the analogy of war like surrendering is never victorious like you you lost right. but only as christians do we truly win when we surrender mm-hmm. and that's just kind of it's kind of like a paradoxical you know yeah. it's kind of it's kind of weird and same same thing here for when i am weak then then i am strong Hmm. Um, and I've said that as a prayer just in, in my life is like, even just, even just short, like reminding God, reminding God that like he needs a reminder, Right. But you're, it's like reminding God that, that I remember his scripture, you know, like when I'm weak, you're strong. So like right. no matter what's going on, like I feel weak right now, but when I'm weak, you're strong. Like right. I'm not strong. You're strong.
1: Right. Just having that moment of, of faith and yeah, saying, God, real. like you said this and I believe you here.
0: Right. Uh, goes to the next point of weakness and humility are greater than strength and pride. Mm. That's tough. That's strong. First Corinthians ten twenty nine. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. The gospel will never allow us to rob God of His glory. That's important. That's powerful. Yeah. Um. Then one last scripture. First Corinthians one twenty seven to twenty eight. But God shows. Did we already read this one? Did I already read that? Yeah. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Yeah. I like that. And then he, he kind of closed out little little John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that's that's powerful, man, for, for us to continue to glorify God in everything that we do and we got to decrease because, yeah. because and the thing is, is we have, we have strengths. Like God did give us gifts, mm-hmm. you know, like I have, I have spiritual gifts and he gifted me with a certain personality and same for you and same for everyone else. And, um, I think some people, I don't think anybody's gifts are better than anyone's or, or better is not the right word, or more important. Right. I think some people are more fully aware of their gifts and are confident in them. And that's why I love teaching the step, tr- step two of our growth track where I, where we go through gifts for people that are becoming members. And it's kind of our like, n- you know, new member next steps process or whatever. But, um, we help people walk through their gifts, but I am, I'm very confident in my gifts and I like to teach that. Like not only am I confident in my gifts, I don't apologize to anyone ever for not having gifts that god chose not to give me right you know what i mean like there's spiritual gifts that i don't have mm-hmm. um and i don't apologize for not having them right like the gift of giving that's a, that's an easy one to i i tithe and i give to to my church and and all those things but i don't have the spiritual gift of giving mm-hmm. and it's like even as a pastor i don't apologize for that mm-hmm. because that's a spiritual gift the holy spirit gave chose god chose not to give me that gift right why i don't know like we got to ask him but um that doesn't mean because i don't have the gift of giving that i'm not supposed to give Mm -hmm. you know and there are times when i feel led to give you know and i think that's when you just got to be uh have discernment and you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of awareness of the situation or maybe what god's leading you to do but um yeah. Even when our gifts, though, like we always have to remember that that we have to decrease for God to increase.
1: Right. And I think, you know, even what you're talking about with gifts, it's like, OK, maybe you don't have that gift, but someone else in the body does. And that's why we need each other. Oh, and, you know, hundred percent. yeah. And I Tyler even talked about that. He made a point. I wrote it down. He said some people uh, think we don't need community because they think they're strong enough on your own. And it just goes back to man, if you think you're strong enough on your own, there are so many ways that that's going to be a, a, a pitfall for you. You need people um, around you. You know, we believe a lot in community here to put in like a little plug for small groups. You know, I oh, relationships, <laughs> I mean, it no, it's for real. Yeah. No relationships have 100% changed my life. And I think, you know, I remember even being a, a new believer. I, came to the Lord when I was sixteen and um I had two friends and we would sit in the parking lot and talk about God and the Bible and, and our lives. We literally sit in the parking lot for hours. Like now looking back I'm like we probably shouldn't have just sat in a rando parking lot <laughs> for that long until the sunset and then we had to go home. But we should have at least gone to like a coffee shop or something. I don't know why we didn't, but those conversations changed my life and you know we we're not we can't do this life alone We're we are weak. And if you think you're strong enough that you can, I promise you, you're not, you need to get plugged in.
0: You got to, and you know, not to, we're heavy on small groups at, here at transformation church. And I, I fully believe, I think that any, I think you would be hard pressed to find, and I don't, I can't quote statistics or data, but I think you'd be hard pressed to find a growing church in 2018 um and i don't mean just growing numbers because it's not about necessarily butts and seats and numbers but a growing church that's growing but i do think when you grow you grow in numbers too right Right. sure um, healthy things grow healthy things grow right so um uh, finding a growing church where where people are getting saved and coming to the lord and god is increasing your numbers as it talks like in the book of acts you know um and and god growing the church But also growing spiritually, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a church doing that in 2018 that doesn't have some form of community within it, whether it's small groups or maybe even a little more old school of a system of like even um, uh, Sunday school. Uh But even a lot of the Sunday school models are, are shifting. Some they still do them like on Sundays, but um they don't necessarily call them that because you know a church gets to a certain size and it's they're broke up by ages or or whatever and i think that's i think that's great because that's how people that's where that's where life change happens and i think it's it's it's, it works because it's biblical
1: yeah that's what i was about to say let's not forget this was not our idea this wasn't you know small groups is not a, a new phenomenon they were doing this in the early church in acts
0: right and and i don't know how we got away from it in the in the and that's why I think you see certain churches you see that that have embraced that mm-hmm. um, succeeding. And, you know, I, I don't want to use the word succeeding necessarily, but you know what I mean? Right. It's like you see you see healthy growth there and and discipleship, mm-hmm. you know, because so many churches may even have a great preacher. But there's there's if there's not community, it's hard to disciple that way if it's all about evangelism. Um, and, you know, not not I don't want to feel like we're bashing any other type of church it's just I think you'd be hard pressed to find a church that's growing numerically and and healthy spirit, spiritually uh, without some type of way of people getting together. Right. You know, and the it's a dichotomy because if if you're if people are getting saved, coming if, if you're evangelizing properly, uh, and people are coming and getting saved, you're growing. Mm-hmm. But you also we we call it like in our in our class our growth track. You know, we have to you have to get larger and smaller at the same time. You have to do both at the same time. And it's a, it's a bit of a dichotomy, you know, because no one wants to go to a church that's got 5,000 people in a room because you feel like a number. But if the church is intentional about providing community where you can still be known, you know, everyone wants to be known. Yeah. Sure. You know, and we don't necessarily have to have a church where, we know everybody but we need to have a church where everyone is known mm-hmm. right so you you may not be known by everybody but you're known by somebody right you know your small group you know you could have and that's how some churches have 10 20 30 40 000 people that and they're still growing because people right. aren't just an, a number in that thirty they they're part of a community yeah, you know a community. they just gather one day a week when they gather corporately like the bible says too, and um you know have and, and to worship and hear a word and all that but the the that's why I love the whole one sixty seven talk that we do a lot here Mm -hmm. and see, you know, church is one to two hours a week and there's 167, 166 other hours in a week, um, that we should be doing. And then it's very, it's the, the way, the way even someone standing on a stage and preaching is very Greek, not Hebrew, you know? Um, that's how the, like where universities come from is someone getting up and lecturing, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's, that's just why we need to, that's not I don't think that's how they did it the Jews did it and like right. Jesus did it uh standing up next to and lecturing all the time you know you got mm-hmm. like the sermon on the mount where he was giving a message or something but you know they just got together you know right. it's like it's like doing life in circles as well as right
1: Right always over food Always over food. always got to be over food You got to have food there It's yeah, not but, a real small group <laughs> No but, but
0: but that's what that's what makes them successful right. in a way like one of one of our a very powerful small group that we have is a saturday night dinner group yeah i mean and we just people go to dinner because you get to know people like, right who
1: doesn't like to eat good food
0: bro i ate fantastic food this past saturday at the small group at mcguire's and i was sitting in front of a couple who's fairly new to our church and he's been coming to our men's small group he comes to our l- men's lunch small group once a week hello buffalo wild wings hey Um, uh, we eat chicken and all this and um he comes to that and his wife was with him. But I was sitting across from them, me and Tremaine, one of our, he's our men's leader, our men's small group hub leader, Um, great part of our church. But Tremaine was sitting next to me but and his wife was on the side of him, but across from us was this newer guy to our church and his wife. They've only been in Pensacola for a couple of years and, you know, but we got to know them, you know? And it's like, yeah. and I've talked to him several times at at small group, like, but I, I, got, to, I got to know them better with him and his wife, just kind of hearing their story and all that. And it's like, I think that's cool. Yeah. You know? And it connects, it connects them to our church. And then, um, yeah, it's just,
1: right. It's like, would you have gotten to know them, uh, how you did on Saturday if there was not that small group in place? Probably not. Absolutely and not. you know, with
0: how, how would I, right. And that's the question. It's like, and even as a pastor here, like mm-hmm. how would I have had the opportunity to get that, to have that conversation?
1: Right. You and know? you know, it's, you know, something I've learned in, in previous organizations that I've worked for. I, um, have learned, you know, how can you expect someone to sit across the table from you and not only spill their guts and everything that's going on in their personal life, um, but then receive, you know, advice or counsel from you if they don't even know you.
0: Yeah. And it brings us full circle to the context of the, of this week's sermon. Weakness is the way of Jesus. And talking about all that is, you know, we have testimony after testimony of newer believers mm-hmm. not just new believers but a lot of newer believers that are going through all kind of stuff they're going through past hurt and all this and whether it's men in our in our men talk small group women at the at the girl talk small group or other ones that are able to share their weaknesses right and in that they gain strength when they're getting biblical counsel from right. their from their brothers and sisters and and all that it's like and you learn it's okay it's okay we talked last week pastor dan and his message it's okay to not be okay yeah you know and then it's okay to be okay again you know but it's like the the being able to embrace our weakness Mm -hmm. is very freeing so take that everyone (laughs) embrace your weakness when you are weak god is strong so awesome anything else karen
1: no, I think it's good stuff.
0: It is good stuff. Listen, guys, we appreciate everyone tuning in for another another week, another sermon, another podcast. Um, if you if you value the weekly follow up podcast, we really appreciate you tuning in and downloading. It will mean a lot to us if you would share this on social media and and even subscribe to the podcast and rate and review and all that um, on anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, whatever. Um, it just mean a lot if you'd subscribe. You can find more about Transformation Church at uh, transformationchurch.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Transformation Pensacola. Uh, Karen are you on we give our social medias when we're here Do you, are you on like Twitter or Instagram?
1: I'm not on Twitter Oh my god! <laughs> but I am on Instagram Karen underscore Swan but Swan has two N's. Swan. S-W-A-N-N.
0: Has anyone ever done the line from uh, Billy Madison Where he's in the tub Oh yeah Stop looking at me swan Oh yeah Stop looking
1: at me (laughs) swan Not to me as much But my sister Christy She Uh, went to Auburn And she said There was this guy In her class That used to always Yell that at her
0: That's before your time
1: Yeah But yeah These
0: kids I've heard Um, of it though You've never seen it? oh Jesus okay anyways we're gonna close this up <laughs> we out. gotta go oh uh, yeah um, so yeah Karen underscore swan two ends um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Justin Oswald underscore and Brad Livingston is at Brad Livingston underscore on Twitter and Instagram as well um, so yeah we appreciate you guys following if you if you have questions or comments or whatever you can you can tweet us those or you can even email them to follow up at transformationchurch.com if your question's cool and not super lame maybe it'll make its way onto the podcast and we could talk about it on the on the, <laughs> uh, on the mics here um so send us a good qu- I want I would love for someone to send a really good question that makes us all think that would be good it would that really sparks conversation go so go on and send them send them in um yeah so we appreciate you guys and uh we'll be back here next week see you guys